Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many copies. There are many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations! Action stations! Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me from the launch tube that apparently is reserved for people is the XO Kitsy. I should have told you when I found out, but I didn't have the guts. <laughs> and possibly no longer the president of the 12 colonies, but always the president of the podcast and our hearts, Andrea. This episode? <laughs> what the hell? So I'm going to do something a little bit different this episode mm-hmm. uh, for, our, for our listeners who weren't present for the, uh, the, the banter pre-recording, which would be all of them. Um, <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> I, there's no mm-hmm. listeners present here. Are there any listeners over there? Pacey. Are they hiding? Yeah. Someone pops up like, We're, what? Who? We actually, I, Caleb, I, I, I'm surprised you didn't know this. We actually record in front of a live studio audience on this end. <laughs> that would actually be uh-huh. amazing. You thought it was a laugh track I'm, this whole time. I'm just over here sitting like making jokes at a Google me and mm-hmm. you got a fucking audience. Well, no, it's, it's wild though because they can't see or hear you. <laughs> see i think it would be hilarious if like if they were in the the live room and there was just a big tv hmm. that had the google meet present and they were just watching the call <laughs> oh, that could be fun it's like live twitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um as a listeners uh, may remember uh, my favorite transcript site uh sadgeezer.com has has officially abandoned uh, any well, I don't know if it's official. They have seemingly <laughs> abandoned any further transcription work on this beloved show uh, past roughly episode one or two, I think, of this season. They've let and you down. Mm-hmm. They have let me down for the last time. And you know what? <laughs> Truth prevails. <laughs> There's nothing you can hide. Um, but yeah, we're on season four, episode ten, and we don't have time to not have the transcript. So I, I've, I've fallen back to the not-so-trusty standby, subslikescript.com. Uh, but something I don't think I've ever noticed on previous transcripts, previously on the transcript of the show, <laughs> um, is this one has a very much like Star Wars-style crawl at the beginning. So allow me to read to you from Battlestar Galactica, 2004 to 2009, Season 4, Episode 10, Revelations, full transcript. 
Having accomplished its mission, the rebel Cylon base star joins the colonial fleet. Dan appears to trust their former enemies and makes it quite clear that she will execute President Roslyn and all the other hostages from the colonial fleet, unless the four of the final five in the fleet are allowed to leave and go to the base star. Acting President Lee Adama realizes that if he lets the four go to the rebel ship, nothing will prevent Deanna from simply jumping away and leaving them behind. A tense standoff ensues with both sides threatening to destroy the other with their nukes. I'm sick of doing this. Tori Foster goes to the base star on the pretense of taking Rosalind her medication. Saul Ty finally tells the Admiral the truth, and soon the other two are known. Starbuck, meanwhile, notices an anomaly in the navigation system, the pristine viper she brought back to the ship. She believes it's a signal from Earth. Previously, on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> well, now that we've covered everything that happens. <laughs> That's the episode, uh-huh. y'all. Cool. Uh, I, I gotta go. Ellen's rewatching Foundation, and I want to. I want to do that too. <laughs> Fun fact about Foundation: uh, for for those of you who are science fiction fans and Battlestar Galactica fans specifically, I would hope you're a Battlestar Galactica fan if you're listening to this podcast. If you're not, yeah, you're welcome anyway. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, we have questions. They're like, just yeah, fans I mean, of us. Like, that's pretty cool that you hung around for mm-hmm. four seasons of a show you don't like, apparently. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, fun fact about Foundation, uh, Bear McCreary does the music. Oh? But yeah. do you know any fun facts about Bear McCreary? <laughs> I don't. Oh. <laughs> Did you know? Not actually a bear. No, not actually a bear. That's debatable. <laughs> that's, that's never been proven in a court of law. That's true. We should, uh, we should get uh, the fucking, what's his name, on it. <laughs> okay. The Lampkin. Lampkin, thank you. Romo. Get Romo on the case. Oh, Romo Lampkin. He'll prove it or he won't. Good point. <laughs> That's a good point. So he'll manipulate Bear McCreary into writing the best music of his life. That's what he'll do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the sob story that he would tell to really bring out Bear's pain. Um <laughs> But anyway, so the, we know that the the uh, the base star now under co uh, co control of the uh, the Cylons and then the the Colonial Fleet, uh, they defeated the Resurrection Hub. They they escaped. They rendezvoused with the uh, with the Admiral. It was a beautiful scene. He said it's about time when she said she loved him, and they rendezvoused with the fleet once more. And everyone celebrates and they're happy. Uh, but Deanna tells them, four of the final five are among your fleet. And I want them. I have a question about this. Please do. I was under the impression that five of the final five were among the fleet, but one was had yet to reveal themselves. All we knew that f- there were five remaining... Uh, well, four were known and one had yet to, to reveal. Because be it revealed. says one lives in secret or something. But yeah. Deanna makes it It says sound... one will be revealed. Okay. Four live in secret, although oh, not right. anymore. Nope. <laughs> nope. But, nope. But so, based on what Deanna says, so I don't believe this to be true unless there, there are a couple unlesses. Um, unless. 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 The fifth has to be somebody who's not among the fleet. How can that? Maybe the fifth is among the Cylons. So the the fifth, the final fifth is one of the seven. <laughs> it, the final the the fifth the the final one now I guess 
mm-hmm. is uh, actually in a big centurion suit and uh, is going to pop out at the end. <laughs> just like, been hiding. <laughs> I guess they could be saving one that I've never seen before, but I just don't think that show's going to do that. I will be quite unhappy, in fact, if the fifth one is just someone we haven't seen before. Final Cylon's a brand new character. Uh, right? Like, that would be, <laughs> that would be fucked up. Oh, and uh, Jeff. Jeff was the yeah, fifth Yeah, y'all Cylon. remember Jeff? And they call me Cylon Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. This episode. A lot. This episode. Holy moly. So, yeah, she she tells them that uh, that four amongst the uh, the fleet, one one is safe with us at home, essentially, and doesn't say any names. She just simply says, I want them to, to join us. You know, please... She she's looking around the room and she sees that very prominently positioned throughout the room, we've got uh, Anders and Tyrrell up on a balcony <laughs> looking over, looking very much like straight out of the opera house scene where they're like in this yeah. elevated position. <clears throat> we have uh, Tori and Ty who are you know amongst the the welcoming party, and she looks at, at all of them in turn and then kind of just casually says, uh, you know. I, you know, we want them to come home. Let them know that they're safe, and you know, you send them over on on a shuttle to to be with their people. And she just kind of leaves it at that. She does tell a bit of a fib, though. Mm, what would that fib be? Because she says, "I've already been in contact with them." It's kind of a fib, but you see, like this is the moment where she's looking at each one of them and <laughs> having this kind of nonverbal acknowledgement of like, "I see you." And so, as she's saying, "I've already been in contact." She means with in them, this very moment. She looks directly <laughs> at them, like she is making contact in this very moment. We also still don't know that much about what, if any, uh, nonverbal, like you know, almost like telepathic or like radio mm. frequency style communication the Cylons could have. It's Morse code. And someone's just like, what is that clicking? That fracking beeping. The fracking telegram. It's in the fracking ship. It is. It's very much in the ship because you're in the ship, Saul. So, yeah, in my opinion, she's she's letting them know in that moment. Like I've already been in contact with you. I, I see you. I know you. I'm not going to name you in front of mm, everyone. I see. For your own safety. That's, that's my read of the, the situation, but uh, it also could very much have, you know, it could have been a bluff, but. It could have just been know. a scene that was cut. Sometimes yeah. we find out that happens. That's true. Yeah. But uh, just as, as sly and inconspicuous t- as possible. Tie. T- t- no, tie. Tori. Oh, as sly and inconspicuous as possible. Tori uh, is just like I. President Rosalind needs her medication, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them. How fucking odd! Like, like no right? one is like, uh, no, the fuck you aren't. I mean, like Lee is like, no, the fuck you aren't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but not because he's like, uh, obviously you're fucking Cylon. He, he's like, oh, but you don't have to do that, and they'll we kick him another hostage. But no one is like, uh, she's clearly trying to go be with her people. Like, yeah. it's I so, really, it's so obvious. Yeah, I she really even wait. No, it doesn't even wait a beat before she's like, oh, I got to go too. I got to go with them. I really wish Ty had been like, and she's going to need someone to protect her. And then Tyrrell was like, and what if something happens to the ship? Yeah. And then Anders is like, <laughs> I'll fly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that actually would have been hilarious. <laughs> Our, oh God. Um, and then all, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, that'll make yeah, sense. Yeah, sounds fine. Bye. Now, yep. now no, I wonder no. who these four, four Cylons are. <laughs> but who could the Cylons who could be? be? <laughs> who could it be now? 
Um, Ten fucking shares. <laughs> That's a callback to season one. Yeah, it is. Holy hell, yes it is. <laughs> um, but Ty is just standing there with this look on his face like, uh, nobody look at me. Nobody look at me. That's been his expression for the last like season and a half at least. Yeah. He's just so good. He's consistently bewildered with that one eye. It's so perfect. Mm-hmm. He's like that that alien from th- that one episode of the Venture Brothers that's like 18 feet tall and is there to observe. And yep. it's like, ignore me! Mm. <laughs> that's Ty now. He's like, don't nobody look at me. Nobody look at me. Don't you fracking look at me. <laughs> oh. Oh, Ty. So the, uh, the the ship goes back to back to uh, the base star, and at first I thought that uh, Tori didn't actually bother to go get the medication, which would have been even better for her story. She just doesn't fucking do it, mm-hmm. uh, but she does. She shows up and she gives Laura her medication, and Laura's very grateful. And then uh, she's like, you know, we we need to go back to the the base star now. And she's like, I'm not going back. I'm going to stay. With my, my people. people. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> she just flat out said it. I I kind of love I, how, of all of them, she's just like, yeah, bye. Mm-hmm. fuck it, Cylon now. She, yep. I mean, she really kind of turns, because, you know, Laurie even tells her to do something, and she's like, I'm done taking orders from you. Like, holy shit, where's this attitude coming from? Yeah, she says it like they had a fraught relationship, yeah. but they kind of, well, I guess well, the last time they really talked, it Laura was. Laura was a dick to her the last time around. Because it was that I stuff think, with Baltar. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if if Laura hadn't been so harsh with her mm-hmm. that last time, I think that this episode would have played out differently. And mm-hmm. I think that that kind of demonstrates to us why that had to, to go down. Right, right. You know, can we... No, it didn't, didn't seem right. Can we talk about Baltar's like, oh, I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> so I knew yes. I, I mean, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, I, I knew there was something different about her. Like He's such no, an asshole. Didn't leave. Like, absolutely not. Shit. Like, no, seriously? You, can you tolerate not being the center of attention for more than eight seconds? Literally, no. You know no, that he, he can't. He can't. Nope. It's nope. so perfect. I love him oh. so much. He's such a child. <laughs> He's such a dumbass. He's just like the know-it-all in third grade, you know? He's like the... I just... I just... Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Baltar and Rosalind, just before this, uh, uh, from their yeah. point of view, we see... Uh, Rosalind changing uh, Gaius's bandages and you know, just generally taking care of him. And there's this doofy but sweet moment where he's like, Laura, <laughs> I want to thank you. She's like, for what? He's like, well, essentially for not murdering me. <laughs> <laughs> and fully acknowledging that she probably uh-huh. should have done it. And he's like, but you know what? I love living. I love it. <laughs> I'm so glad to not be dead right living. now. Living, <laughs> he does though. Yeah. Like, if if anyone in, in the fictional uni- fictional fictional universe loves living, it's, it's guys Baltar. Guys Baltar, that's true. <laughs> He's so funny. Ugh, I love him. Lee's president now. Yeah, that <laughs> that's remember weird. when that happened. That's weird. It's so funny. I it's so silly that he is president. He does okay though. He's not doing so bad. He's not the worst president they've yeah. ever had. Before the uh, the base ship jumps back into the fleet, uh, there's this little exchange between uh, Starbuck and Lee. And it's interesting to see their dynamic now that they seem to be fully past the, the romance storyline, oh I hope. Because I don't think I can handle it coming back you, again. You don't think Seriously? Starbuck's sitting there going like, damn, I could have been first lady. 
<laughs> Damn, look at him in that suit, though. Look at that big hair. So much responsibility. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jamie Bamber. So many secrets. Jamie Bamber does look good in a suit. I wish they. I know it's it because it's the early two thousands, but I'd love to see him in a suit that fits. I just yeah. We loved a big suit in the early aughts. Like tailored suit and a good haircut. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he's a very. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with Jamie Bamber. Oh, sometimes I forget how this is basically just a Jamie Bender thing. <laughs> uh-huh. You forgot? <laughs> Did you say Jamie Bender? Did you? Probably. Because I looked away from my computer screen for a moment and <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> subconsciously probably Apparently just said, well, for you, it's also a Bender Thirst podcast. On my desk. I mean, every, every podcast yep. is a Bender every Thirst podcast. podcast. Nothing bend- wrong with that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we should do a future on a podcast. We absolutely should. No, we should. We but don't need any more podcasts. We have too well, many. We'll eventually need more. So let's table that one. Okay. Um, I still have a yeah, really so, good one. I love that, like, she calls him Mr. President or, Mr. hey there, Mr. Prez. <laughs> and she, you know, comes in and he's, he's kind of standing around in the Admiral's quarters, which is also, as we know, where uh, Rosalind kind of makes her, you know, office away from office, uh, home away from home sort of situation. And uh, she, you know, she does a whole, uh, thought I'd find you here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know he's he's like you know, Temple of Aurora on Earth. He points to like the a drawing in uh, Elosha's diary. I mean, sorry, the uh, the book. Of <laughs> That's redundant. They have this whole conversation about you know whether or not uh, you know the, they'll get to Earth or whatnot, and how they the the book belonged to Rosalind, and how it's weird for for them, meaning Rosalind and Adama, to not be there. And he does this whole story about you know his his. The, his childhood being afraid when he was called into his father's study to stand in front of this very desk. And, you know, it's, it's just rough. And Kara's like, Leoben said, I, you know, the children are born to replace their parents. And you know, for children to release, reach their full potential, their parents have to die. And I'm like, Jesus, Kara. Yeah, let's... Like, he's not dead yet. And that's why I'm going to go kill your father. Yeah, like... <laughs> I also... It felt so shoe, shoehorned in because we never saw him say that, which means they need us to have that in our head, and that was just the best way for them, the, like, the way they came up with, you know what I mean, to see that for us. So now I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, they're like everyone's assuming that he's dead. I mean, the last time that he spoke to his father, he's basically saying like, you know, going out there alone might as well be suicide. Mm-hmm. Are are we sure Leoben? We've never heard Leoben say that. Cause that sounds really familiar to me. I don't think, I mean, I guess maybe he could have, but I don't remember I, him saying it. I remember him saying that in the episode that was oh. focusing on like the flashback of Kara's mom. Oh yeah. That's yeah. stupid. Well, either way, I don't like it. I think it's, it's like, that's not a thing. Like, well, nobody, um, that's not, that's just stupid. And so, of course, uh, as, as there was before with uh, you know, the planning of the mission to to rescue Unbox Deanna and whatnot, um, there was this whole debate of, you know, we we need to get to her first and we need to get the identity of the, the five before the Cylons do and the Cylons don't trust the, the humans and so forth. And there's this interesting exchange where... Um, you know, they, they try to tell her, you know, it would be easy, easier if you just tell us who they are rather than, like, waiting for them to give themselves up. And she's like, yeah, easier because you could kill them. 
She's not wrong. They're like, why would we do that? It's like, they know the way of the earth. We need them. And I think it's one of the Leobans who says, you know, she's right. Oh, no, it's one of the eight who says she's right. We want the, we all want the same thing. And uh, Leoban says, if we cooperate. And she says, we cooperated on New Caprica, brother. It didn't work out well. (laughs) But you see, there's reasons why it didn't work out well, because that's not really the definition of cooperation. Yeah, no, you didn't. No, you really didn't cooperate. At all, at in all. fact. Uh, yeah, you kind of showed up and were like, we have guns and we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> we're the captain now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at us. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they Captain Phillips their way in there. That's right. That's not really... He didn't... Anyway. <laughs> and then she, she takes a really quick turn from, you know, hey, we just want our brothers and sisters back to I'm going to hold your people hostage until they're safely aboard my ship to suddenly... Yeah. Body floats into space. That is a quick escalation. And then yeah. with with no warning whatsoever, nope. she just she executes one of the hostages and then calls them up to say, "I'm going to do this every 15 minutes." That's so many people so fast. That's a lot of people. And and like Lee says in that moment, he's like, "We're trying to cooperate." Like, yeah, like what the yeah. fuck? Like we're, you know, I I think that she was. I, I think that she was doing that, knowing that it, the the other three Cylons who were very obviously not. Mm-hmm. giving themselves up would be like fuck we got to do it now right. which is yeah. exactly what happens mm-hmm. sort of well, well yeah. kind of uh and so the the fleet is actually preparing a rescue plan they're, they're gonna go all out like storm the castle essentially and get their people back uh but there's one voice of reason who says you know what no we, we can't do this like a lot of people are gonna get hurt and like they're gonna kill those hostages the moment you you know before you even set foot on that base ship and that voice of reason it's hot dog. No, it's <laughs> salt <high. laughs> And it, it, in one of the best scenes in the show, I think, uh, you know, Adama asks him, like, I'm looking for solutions. You got oh, any? It's so yeah. good, this scene. I couldn't then, believe it. Uh, Caleb, you've got the script, so I'm going to let you do it because it. This is this is a powerful moment. I, could, I, I don't have it directly in front of me, but I I remember this line because it's burned into my um burned into my brain. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. That now is accurate. Might be a good time to mention the the martial law bit because he's not there's no way that Adama's gonna give a shit about that when he <laughs> finds out. It's, Who yeah, Ty is? That, that's 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 the kind of the subtext. Ty doesn't really say he's like I'm a Cylon, and also there's this martial law <laughs> thing that happened when you were in a coma. Uh, let me. Find, I'm I'm almost yeah, Bill. You gotta scrub this mission. <laughs> uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Says yeah, I should have told you when I first found out, but I didn't have the guts. What's wrong with you, Saul? You remember back at that nebula when I told you about that fracking music? I thought it was in the ship. I was wrong. It was a signal. Some kind of crazy fracked up Cylon <laughs> signal. Switch me on. I can't turn it off. Switched you on? Like, <laughs> like Boomer. I'm one of the five. <laughs> the five. One of the Cylons Deanna's after. Quit fracking with me. I could. Colonel, I've known you 30 years. 
<laughs> you know, he goes on to explain, you know, I, I it, didn't find out to the nebula. And this is like a great moment where <laughs> the Admiral's like, think about it. Like, when I met you, you, you had, had hair. hair. Have, have you ever heard of a Cylon aging? And like, well, before the colonies were attacked, we didn't know that mm. the, the, the skin jobs existed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, and it's it's great. It's, it's like no, but that doesn't mean they don't. Like, right? <laughs> I this is true. The scene. Just, it was another one where I was like slowly forced. Slowly, it wasn't quite the Tom Cruise jumping up and down on the sofa moment, but I couldn't believe it was happening in the way that yeah. it was. Like this felt like so much of this episode felt like it could have been season maybe not series but season finale like mm. stuff that was happening and it just yeah. like slowly propelled me till i was standing up with the two of them <laughs> just like i can't believe this is this he just told him he just told just, him he told adama I, I love that moment that's huge <laughs> like do you got any better ideas Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't actually say you're not going to like it, but his eyes did. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very much a, you're not going to like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that doesn't go over well. Um, oh, boy. At, at first, you know, Adama goes into denial. And so like, he, he goes through the stages of grief real quick on this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. It's like, they did something to you, an implant, oh. a post-hypnotic suggestion. Like, let's go talk to Doc Cottle. And like, there's a, the argument, and he's like, yeah, it's not a delusion. It's not a trip in my head. I am a Cylon. <laughs> I fooled you for months now. I didn't want to do it, but I did. <laughs> Love, Ty. And he he makes the suggestion, like, I'm one of her precious final five. Airlock me, and she's got nothing. Mm-hmm. Just get her on the horn. Tell her that, that, on the horn. that you're going to do that, and she'll back down. It's and a good plan. It's a, it, it is a, it good, is a plan. good plan. It's it's a sad plan, but mm-hmm. it's a good one, and uh, you know it it should work. Um, because meanwhile, riding at stake here is that uh, Rosalind gave the order to Adama if they didn't, uh, if they weren't able to to negotiate this safely and get all the the hostages off. Or wait, no, sorry. Um, what? What does she tell him? She said, tells him to nuke the ship, but I can't remember why. If it if if we can't make it work, whatever the it's like, the fuck. yeah, if they yeah, because if it's like if they get the like, she just needs it to be them getting to Earth and not the silence. And if anything gets in the way of that, then nobody goes, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. That, she says it more eloquently than any of us have, but that's essentially the gist. Yeah, and so the you know the the fleet knows that what's at stake that you know if they. If if, if they risk losing the five, if they risk losing their people, if, you know, if, if Dana tries to jump away without them, like, anything goes wrong, nuke the base ship, no matter who's on it. And uh, this is the first time that we see Adama turn to his son as the president and ask and accept his advice. He's like, what do you think we should do, Mr. President? And Lee thinks it over. I think, Rosalind's right. And, like... It's it's not a complete turnaround of character for Lee, but it is interesting to see him so decisive yeah. in the moment, knowing how like wishy washy he can be. Mm-hmm. To like he's suddenly faced with a very serious crisis, uh, and has to make a, a you know a split second call. Well, he's the president he, now. He's he's got to do it. He is the president now. The buck stops with him, Mister. Mm-hmm. Mister. Don't you call me mister. 
Now you can call me Mister. <laughs> you can call me Al. Uh, I I this episode just moved really There's quickly. There's a lot happening in this episode. In fact, in in Slack earlier, I sent something to the effect of, uh, "This episode, y'all." Yes. And fight uh, sent back a quote from Alan. Oh yeah, yeah, from Alan Seppenwall, who uh, was a journalist for the Star Ledger, which is one of Jersey's like um, most important, I guess, uh, newspapers. And he called it at the time one of the busiest and yet most emotional hours of Galactica ever. Uh huh. And he is boy, is he right? So much happens. This moves so fast. Like you could be, we could be at the end of the episode by now, for all I know, because it. Is like we're close, but there is one very small moment from the the front half that I want to talk about mm-hmm. real quick. Sure, it's it's relevant to uh, some of the recent conversations we've had. Uh, we get to see Gata back at his post. For oh, the first time. right, yeah. And he's he's on crutches. He's obviously missing his legs, uh, his leg, just the one. Uh, and you can see he's he's kind of under a lot of strain. He's sweating. He's pale, and he like fumbles with something and drops it, and he's like. I think it's his meds. He's, yeah, he drops his, his meds. medication. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I didn't see. Um, but you know, he he curses and stands up slowly and like tries like balancing himself, tries to bend over to pick it up and like D's like, Felix, I got it. And she picks it up and hands it to him, and everyone is just watching him in this really awkward silence. And Ty there is, Mister Gata, would you like to be relieved? Because <laughs> he's obviously struggling, but mm-hmm. you know, he yeah he looks he's, bad. He's, he looks real bad, but he's too stubborn or proud or I guess maybe genuinely thinks he's okay. I don't know. I don't, I'm not in the mind of a Felix Gator. I think, <laughs> I think that he probably just wants to keep his mind off of his leg. And if he's not working, what is he doing? You right, know? Right. Like, yeah, probably. like I've definitely been, I've, I've obviously never lost half my leg um, that I know of. Uh, but you know, I've been in some situations where that were like really just like emotionally hard for me and like burying myself in work was like something yeah. I did as a coping mechanism. So that's kind of how I read this is that he's just like, you know, I'm either going to sit in bed and dwell on the fact that I lost my leg or I can work and at least keep my mind occupied and, and try to be productive. And yeah, I think that makes sense. I feel like that's that's where Gate is at. Uh, but hey. He gets a distraction, though. He gets a distraction because there's multiple to rate his contacts. So we're going to go ahead and jump to a safe location while we play play you some ads. That was very good. And then that was exactly what I was hoping uh-huh. for. And then we'll, well done. and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the rest of this episode. So don't don't um, touch. Don't 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 not jump to the rendezvous court. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> don't fail to be there. Hey, yes. Have we done this yet? After these messages, we'll be right, right back. back. I don't think, think we have. Oh. <laughs> well, now we have. Hey, listeners. It's Caleb from Night Shift Radio. If you're like me, you used to sit in your driveway for as long as it took to hear the end of whatever dramatic tale was playing out on public radio that night. The Storyteller series is a loving homage to that classic radio theater. Lose yourself in original short stories, performed by a full cast or delivered by a narrator, and designed to take you on an audible journey. The Storyteller series is a Night Shift radio original and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't get enough? Or maybe you prefer the written word. Be sure to check out our monthly print edition as well at 
nightshiftradio.com slash storyteller. Hey there, listener. Did you know you're our favorite listener? That's right. You're a very special listener. And I, president of the podcast, Andrea, am here with a super secret recommendation just for you. There's another little podcast on our network that you may have heard of, and it's called Left of the Dial. Every week, your hosts, Caleb and Kitsy, talk about a different record they love. They also talk with really amazing guests. For example, a recent episode features New Jersey's second favorite son and king of the DIY comedy scene, Chris Gethard, and me. I was, I was on that one too. Focusing on new and independent music, they're a great way to find your new favorite band. And Left of the Dial is so excited to announce their new live in-studio music series, Left of the Dial Live. Head over to leftofthedial.live to check out recent sessions from the Tisburys, Hit Like a Girl, and Mikey Erg, just to name a few. While you're there, you're going to want to subscribe so you don't miss any of the incredible sessions they've got coming up. And as always, for more information on Left of the Dial Live, the Storyteller series, and all of our other wonderful shows, you can head on over to nsrad.io. Because it's rad. And it's, it's like radio. Turns out the Dreadest Contacts were the base ship and, and, and a raptor. Mm. And a our raptor. people are home. Our people are home. Our people are home. That was a, a, a nice moment where yeah. they, they realized like, oh shit, it wasn't all for naught. The, uh, you know, whether or not the battle was successful, they're back. Some of them are alive. I do. Pike, Pike's gone. Pike died. Yeah. Pike. I do, but they already knew that. <laughs> yeah. I do yes, like that. They, the a base star and a raptor jump in and they're just like oh it's our people and did like don't once think that maybe it's a different base star with a captured raptor yeah like they, they don't do any verification they're just like oh hey they're home i mean you can make the extension of belief that they um you know do that all like outside of the context sure. of the scene okay but yeah like we don't we don't see it so they can't they haven't proved it happened mm-hmm. in a court of law. I, right. I did. Romo Lampkin hasn't been there to prove it. <laughs> I did notice, though, that the, you know, the base star jumped onto Dreadus and it was red as as the uh, Dreadus contacts often are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, the raptor jumps on and it's green. And then the base star turns green like right away. Like, how, yeah, did, yeah. how does Dreadus know <laughs> that it's probably that it's OK? It, it probably has an API interface with the uh, transponder codes. I was going to say API interface with the transponder codes. That was my that was my first guess. <laughs> you too. did it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I always knew there was something different about those. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we need to. We we don't need to dwell on it, but we need to briefly mention that they have the the, the Cylons at least. Uh, um. Somebody in the in the show might be both ships uh, has returned to the notion that they somehow can sense that the uh, the other's missiles are armed and locked. Yeah, well, the the Cylons start uh, arming their nukes, and I think Gate is the one that says, "Oh yeah, they're arming yeah, their yeah. nukes." Yeah, as okay. It's weird because it's something where, like, in any other sci-fi show, I would just accept, like, yeah, they got sensors. They know that shit. But, like, in this show, we don't really have any indication that they have that kind of technology. Mm -hmm. So anytime they do that, it's like, this feels weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, clearly, they have that technology. They must. And you know what? Fine. They're in space. Good for them. Yeah. So before the break, we talked about uh, Saltai turning himself in. Uh, but just before that, there's a moment where the music returns. Mm. Uh, they got they got the music That's in right. them. <laughs> they you know they only get what they give though. 
<laughs> Cloning. Well, they're multiplying. That's another line in that song. That song's about Battlestar Galactica. That song is specifically about the silence. Uh-huh. That's right. Um, but yeah, so we, we have another scene. It, it's, you know, super staticky, crackly. And, you know, we don't know where it's coming from, but Saul hears it. Tyrell and Anders hear it. And even over on the base star, Tori hears it. Um, but it brings Saul, Ty, and... Uh, so yeah, so Ty, Saul, <laughs> Tyrell, and Anders all together around the pristine Viper that uh, Starbuck piloted home supposedly from Earth, and they're looking over it, and you know, as far as I can tell, there's nothing different about it from you know when Chief gave it a well, no longer Chief Specialist Tyrell gave it a a very thorough several times over. Uh, every every screw, every bolt, every bumper, I don't know, every quarter panel. I think um, what he said was every rivet and every washer. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, and, but they're, like, they're all just like, there's something different about it this time. And they, they, they don't know what, but Anders and, and Tyrell stay behind to kind of try to figure it out. And this is when Saul goes and turns himself in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, of course, they, they escort him to the airlock. And he stands proudly ready, uh, you know, ever the ever the proud soldier to the end. I, I have to say, Ty's attitude throughout mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. is admirable. Mm-hmm. Like he he faces death head on and welcomes it in the service of his crew. Well, yeah, and, I mean that's that's the thing, right? Is like his job is to protect the fleet, and mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. Right, mm-hmm. and that's what he said. From the second he found out, right? Like, yeah. what do we yeah. do? We do our jobs. And yeah. yeah. He's... And he's doing his job. Like, oh, tie. And, you know, he even says, like, if you, you know, if I had the, the guts to airlock myself when I found out, we wouldn't be in this mess. Which, yeah, I don't know that. Which we don't know if that's the case no. or not. But, you know, it, again, it's an admirable, admirable sentiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's but pronounced speaking admiral. Of, <laughs> speaking of admirals. Admiral sentiment. Uh, Adama, who has, uh, it is worth noting, has pinned his uh, Admiral's pips back on his uniform. Uh, Adama is not handling this well. No. no. He, he oh, the scene. Collapses on, like, he, he throws everything off his desk. Uh, we don't see him do it, but I'm pretty sure he probably smashes that ship again. Oh, you know he did. Uh, <laughs> you know it. He... Drinks probably an entire bottle of what is presumably whiskey and collapses on the floor in a sobbing mess. Uh, he punches his uh, mirror. Oh, yeah, he punches yeah, his mirror. Yeah, he punches his mirror, rips his hand open. Uh, it's just a snotty, sobbing, just mess. And it's it's heartbreaking. It's so hard it's, to see him like that. It's really hard to watch. I think he's a broken man at that moment. He is, he is absolutely a broken man. Mm. And he, you know, he sobs to Lee. He's like, I can't kill him. I can't do it. And Lee's like, I'll handle it. I'll kill him. <laughs> and uh, Lee uh, recognizes his last opportunity to to get a shot in, and he just walks in and punches time. Everybody's got to get a shot in on time. So funny. Everybody gets one. I love that. <laughs> it. I mean, I really, I really wish one of these days when someone hits him, he goes, "Everybody gets one." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! So uh, Lee does uh, make the call to Deanna, and he explains to her, "We we've got Ty. We know that you know he's he's one of the five. He's confessed. Uh, you know we're gonna you know, send him out the airlock if if you don't let our people go." And there's a whole discussion between uh, her and Tori and Gaius and 
Laura, because Gaius, of course, has to also be involved, uh, of you know, whether or not Lee is bluffing. And you know, they're, they're, they're split on that. Uh, but Deanna decides to call him. And so the, he presses, uh, presses Ty, and Ty gives up the other names. And uh, at this same moment, Anders has gotten uh, Starbuck to come in and take a look at the Viper, and he's like, "Look, I can't, I can't tell you why, but uh, there's definitely something about this Viper, and you need to look at it because you know we know we just we just know we can't tell you why we can't you know we just you got to look at it." Well, he makes a good point though because he's like, yeah. "You know, I believed you when you said you knew the way to Earth, and I stuck by you, and I I had faith." And he's like, "Now I need you to believe me and have faith," and mm-hmm. and it's like, "Okay, all right, yeah." yeah. Fair enough. Which I, I think that that's really what wins her over because mm-hmm. she's just like, what are you talking about? Like, there's nothing, there's nothing here. Yeah. I, I went to Earth, I came back. It's meh. Um, and so the uh, the Marines come and they arrest Tyrell and Anders and they bring them into <laughs> the airlock. And uh, Anders just looks at Ty. Let me guess. You told them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love how Chief Tyrell's just like attitude in this whole like bit from like the moment the Marines come to arrest them to like when they put him in the airlock, he's just like, yeah, I guess this is my life now. <laughs> yep. like, oh, yeah. just, this was bound to happen yep. eventually. Like, well, so. here, here, we, here we go. This was there is a, a really sweet moment where we get to see him just spending time yeah. with Nikki and just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just appreciating life, but that's not that's not yet because now he's handcuffed in the airlock, and Lee is calling Deanna back and saying, "Galen Tio and Sam Anders are also in my airlock. Your move." It's uh-huh. very good. <laughs> I, I I love the little detail of this this point where he he does request to get Deanna on the horn. <laughs> I love every time they say on the horn. It just gives me a little bit of it's just such a fun little get him on the horn. Yeah, get the base ship on the horn. Of course, uh, then D picks up the, the the phone and calls the CIC to tell Mister Hoshi that we need the base ship. Mm-hmm. So I always love the like not only the chain of orders uh, in, in a chain of command, but the chain of communications mm-hmm. where you call someone to call someone, someone else to, call. To, to make the connection through to where you are. I mean, you used to have to do that back in the day. You used to have to call an operator and say, "Connect me to Klondike Four a seven b or whatever however the fuck phone numbers worked back no that was it klondike 4 a seven b yeah that was my phone number (laughs) back in the day back in the day (laughs) back in the back in the 20s um i love when she answers the the call she says are you ready to come to your senses and he just says the names (laughs) Uh (laughs) and tyrell and samuel anders have just joined saltai in the airlock they're in line for an express ride into a vacuum. Vacuum. You want them alive? Stand down. Oh, and of course, okay. there's the, the back and forth about whether or not he's bluffing, and the uh, the base ship's nukes go hot, and they realize like shit. If any of the fleet starts to jump away now, they'll just get get shot, which promptly caused me to yell, "Why didn't the fleet jump away sooner?" Yep. Yeah, you dumb butts. You, you recognized that there was a, a crisis brewing, and the, you had time before they were, you know, armed and locked that you could have disseminated the jump coordinates and sent them mm-hmm. to the emergency. And there's precedent for that. Or, They've done that more than they, once on this show. Like it's not like done it every time. Yeah. This is like the only time that they right. haven't. Um, <laughs> side note: 
the Marine Guard's name is Sergeant Harder. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. And uh, recognizing that Deanna's not uh, not backing down even with uh, you know, the threat of the three of them being uh, spaced, uh, he sends uh, Ty and, and uh, not Ty, uh, Tyrell and Anders uh, out and shuts the airlock door and arms the airlock, gets ready to, to send him out. Send him on, send him on his way. Goodbye, Ty. Uh, and Ty's looking at him through the window like, go on, do it. Frackin' do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the, the Joker, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, over in the uh, the base ship, one of the Cylons uh, or guys, I can't remember who because, you know, this transcript is terrible. Uh, it's like, do you really think God brought you back? Oh, this is definitely Gaius yeah. from the language. Do you really think God back, brought you back from darkness for this? Maybe he brought you back for a different purpose. To end this peacefully. And, of course, she's, you know, they'll never forgive us for what we did to the 12 colonies. Never. Just do it. Kill them. And they're like, brute force didn't work for you on New Caprica. Good it didn't point. work for you on the algae planet. Good point. Why is it going to work for you now? And this, again, what I've been saying, this, like, nobody fucking learned. Yeah. The All of this has happened before. But it doesn't have but to happen again. But it doesn't have to happen again. <laughs> Hell yes. God, this show is so good. Lee uh, arms the, uh, the airlock. He gets ready to... To open the, the door, and in comes Ronin. Yeah. Starbucks. That's right. There's my girl. And you know She's why? Like, because those free, three fracking Cylons just gave us Earth. Oh, I thought it was because she didn't get one last punch in on Ty before we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lee. You got to do one. It's my turn. <laughs> I want to do it again. Uh <laughs> You only get one. She's the first she's, person we saw punch him because it's in that first yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's the one that started the trend. Yep. She's, once she did it, everyone knew they could. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, the the Viper, when she uh, is examining it and she flips the switches and kind of powers it back up, suddenly the, uh, the navigation system pumps on and it locks onto a signal that only that Viper is picking up. And she even confirms it with the CIC that 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 channel is otherwise empty. And she's like, it has to be Earth. And they're like, that seems like a stretch. She's like, but is it more of a stretch than anything else we've done it, in the last four seasons? Seriously. And everyone's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. And, and they're like, we got a lot of episode to get through, so I guess we're just going to believe you, so let's go. <laughs> and so they, uh, you know, we don't get to see a, a resolution of the airlock scene because next thing we know, the Cylon delegation is back on Galactica and they're brokering a... Uh, a very tenuous truce to go to Earth together. It's so crazy to see them all together in the same room like that. Mm-hmm. Now, like, with it just out in the open, who the final four of the five are. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do my I told you so dance yet because there's a lot of season left. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I did... I predict isn't quite the right word, but I considered this as a possibility episodes ago. Which, which the the that something is whatever Cylon god or thirteenth Cylon that I've invented or whatever is orchestrating something that's directing them both toward Earth at the same time and wants them to be approaching together. And Kara says something to that mm-hmm. effect yeah. to Lee. She's like, "I don't know what it is, but something is orchestrating yep. this for a purpose, and we should we should trust it. We should follow it." That's right. Um, Important and thing to note. 
it's it's kind of a, a passing comment Lee makes, but he says that he has granted uh, mm-hmm. the Cylons yeah. amnesty, and they're free to either go the you know Tal- Saul and uh, and and Tyrell and and uh, Anders are free to go uh, back to the base ship or stay where they are, whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And so, which I, th- I think is a a really that's really that, it's a bold move and a, a wise one. It's, yeah, it's just. Part. He does a good job with this. Yeah, Lee did a cool thing. I really like Mm -hmm. this whole back and forth. It's they've said nothing about Cavill or that whole group, which means they, which makes me feel like they want us to like forget about them. Yes, so that they can come get in the way when I'm not expecting Mm it. Well, you know, uh, we do united half a season to go. I know, seriously. Reunited once again, uh, the Admiral and Rosalind are, are having a, a conversation now that they, they've confirmed that the, uh, the, the star mappings, the, the, the constellations, everything does seem to, to point that uh, where they're heading is finally Earth. And it's kind of a, you know, I can't believe that we actually might get there. You know, I'd, I'd almost lost hope. Mm-hmm. And she makes a passing comment of like, just to see you pick up that first handful of Earth. And... Um, they find it. They find, they find it. Earth. They jump in. the 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 <laughs> constellations match. The there's this beautiful blue planet from from up above, and you know the the admiral gets on the gets on the horn to the the whole fleet and gives them this rousing speech, speech about you know how much we we've been through, how much we've lost, and you know we there were times when you know I didn't believe we'd make it, but here we are. We're at Earth. And everybody celebrates. It's the the most joyous moment. And they could have ended the episode right there, and it would have just been like, oh, my God, happy ending for once. Uh, but no. We go visit the planet. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Because there's a problem. Oh. I have a problem. Oh. You have a problem. I have a problem. You? With this show? Yeah. Huh. I know, right? I th- I thought I'd do something different and have a problem with the show for once. <laughs> I I thought I'd, I'd have a you know we haven't been to my nitpick corner in a while. I That's mean a, we kind of have we just haven't called uh, yeah, that. Yeah, so um, this is official. So this is officially where, we're in, where my nitpick corner. Uh, there have been so many times throughout the show where something they needed to get to has been seventeen jumps away. It'll, it'll t- it, there's no way we can jump that far. It'll take at least thirty eight jumps or whatever. Fucking Earth, one jump, we're there. Is that, the, they, mu- well, they must have been close. Is I, that what turned the ship on in the first place was proximity? I mean, maybe, but like uh, they just they, fucking space is pretty mm-hmm. big. They just happen to be one jump from Earth. Well, it would have been uh, much less beautiful to watch them have to be like and jump. We uh, also one more. we we see them like formulating the plan, and then we see them make the final jump, but we don't necessarily see that there maybe were 17 or 38 or 112 jumps Fine. In before they got to that last That's point. That's true, yeah. Fine. That's the kind of thing where, like, your nitpick is valid, but I think it, it's not that big of a stretch to say we just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Because if we, all of the show were happening in real time, it'd still be on the air. That's no, that's, not, that's actually not true. It probably would have ended sooner. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it would have lasted full a four full full four years. Well, uh, I I concede my nitpick. Okay, okay. Well, it's it was a fair point though. Nit unpicked. <laughs> um, so we get a nice close up shot of a hand picking up a a fistful of of dirt. 
But then we hear a Geiger counter. Yep. It's going real buff. Oh, yeah. Earth's cooked. Real cooked. Uh, and I love that they... That goose like, is cooked. Mm-hmm. That goose is fucked. <laughs> um, I love that they do a slow pan around and we see various humans and Cylons just kind of standing off and like alone or in small groups, uh, all looking very despondent as we see more and more of this barren wasteland of a planet. And then slowly we see like stone ruins and then it pans up and we see the ruins of a big city in the background. Yeah, it's a great scene. Fuck. Yeah. Earth ain't Earth is no better than New Caprica. Mm-hmm. In fact, Earth is significantly worse. It's because they landed too late. They gotta jump out and Earth. jump back in earlier. Or did they land jump out. did they land too early? Mm. Yeah. Did they land right on time? I think I guess it it does depend on how they No, I think they landed. Time is too a flat late. circle. Yeah. Yep. So what we know the when the uh, the Silent War broke out on Kobol, Kobol, and the thirteen tribes left, the twelve went and formed the the colonies as we know them, and the thirteenth found their way to Earth. We know that somehow the members of the the final five Cylons have been to Earth and have found their way back to the colonial fleet and were recently reactivated. We know that the the fleet has now, with the help of their, their Cylon allies, has, has found Earth. But Earth is essentially in ruins. Andrea, theories. I just don't, I think they jumped too late. We know there's, like, some timey shit. Um, and I think that we've got enough episodes left that they've got to figure out how the timey shit works and get back early enough to... Because I think... I don't think it's a matter of preventing Earth from being cooked. Um, I think they need to get back early enough so that when Earth gets cooked, they have already put into plan the getting back to Earth. You know what I mean? They just need to make sure mm-hmm. that that circle is able to continue. Um, what do you think happened to Earth? Uh, probably nuclear war, right? The radiation would... Would definitely explain that. Yeah, or I, my, did Cavill and company show up and toast the planet I mean, before they got that's there? That's also a possibility, right? That we haven't seen those fuckers. Cavill would do yeah. that. Yeah, Cavill absolutely would do that. Yeah, it's Just a shame because they probably landed. I don't know. By the looks of things, it's probably what like twenty twenty five, maybe twenty thirty. It's very soon. It's like it's so soon. It's actually tomorrow. <laughs> it's like upsettingly so. soon. Um, <laughs> so it, it was twenty twelve. <laughs> 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 we're all living in the the last dying moments of our own brains as we were killed when uh, uh, i really people, hope this is predicted the world was going to end in 2012 and you think this is what we all decided this is where we wanted to be in 2021 making a podcast making a podcast yeah. about battle you know what you're right about Battlestar yeah. galactica i mean either we're somehow sharing a vision of the opera house or Ooh. you're just figments of my imagination and my dying uh moments we're dreaming of a world where I hosted podcasts. Uh-huh. What year did you two meet? 2008? Yeah. Okay, so it's really weird that you just invented me then. At least Kitsy was already <laughs> part of your history. That's weird, just so you know. Like, everything from, from you know, the last nine years or so mm-hmm. is just an extrapolation of the little bit that I knew at the time. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for bringing Pacey into your vision because he's, yeah, I mean, look at him. I brought as many doggos as I could. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's the right move. Yeah. Yeah. So something's wrong in the world today. 
but we don't know and, what it is. Uh, we need to uh, we need to investigate. So I, I guess we're not going to spin up the FTL drives. We're just going to hang out here on the uh, irradiated Earth for a bit and see what we can find out. <laughs> we should probably and, uh, do something, like maybe get off the. I don't know. I, I just the radiation might be bad. Do we it might be? Yeah. But we have to we have to measure it to find out. Well, we did we with the to... Geiger counter. We should it's probably pretty cool that we breathe Earth air just fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's if you've never been to Earth, that's how it works. Well, that's how. Okay. <laughs> We are the death breathers. I guess I love that. I guess that's <laughs> why the thirteenth tribe settled on Earth because they were like, "Oh, it works here too. Cool. <laughs> this is a good one." Breathing, it's a thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, y'all don't have to hang out here on the irradiated Earth and investigate it with us, but you know, at least come back in a week and check up on us, make sure we're still okay, because mm-hmm. uh, you know we can't leave. Uh, so say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. But we'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.